Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This week's episode is, I think we need a trumpet blast here. Um, yeah? Okay, okay, I had a plan for when we get to Dressa in the list, but I'll give you a trumpet blast here. Okay. I mean, okay. All right. So glad we discussed this in the pre-show. It's what do you we need, need a uh, Do you need a guitar accompaniment? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, trumpet blast! Yeah. <laughs> Episode number two hundred. Whoop whoop. This is this is coming out on September eleventh, twenty nineteen. Um, a happy occasion for us, but a sad day for the world. Mm. So I uh, just want to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Phil Pinsky. For those of you who haven't listened before, with me as always are Tim Sway and Bill Lutz. And this is, as I said, our 200th episode. I think we're almost at four years of this podcast, and that is pretty darn exciting. Um, rather than reading... I don't, go ahead. I don't think we've missed a week. No, but there's 52 so, weeks yeah, in so a year. Yeah, so we'd be 108, 100, or 208 would be... Yeah, four years. There's, well, there'd be a leap year in there, too, because it's four years, so it'd have to be 200... Oh, no, it's just one day, though. <laughs> Never mind. We're, we're a couple of months away from I don't know how we made years. it this far. <laughs> it, well, we usually heavily edit the episodes. Um, <laughs> we hire stunt talkers. <laughs> <laughs> Very close to four years, according to my calculations, 3.84 years. Oh, my God, you needed a calculator for that? That makes Poison. us look smart. Clavin. <laughs> Um, Anyways, normally this is the part where we read out the uh, the top uh, supporters on Patreon, but uh, given that it is our 200th episode, I am going to read out every single one, um, and there is a good sized list, so um, huge thank you to everyone, and I'm going to just read it out in the order that it's presented on our Patreon page to us. Um, so, <clears throat> Lakeside Woodcrafter, Joshua Alexander, Klingspore Woodworking, Darren Mattis, Rob Ray, Wesley Treat, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Jeff Shaw, Chad from Mancrafting, Paul Jackman from Jackman Sometimes Works, Ryan Ridgely, <laughs> he is the barn rat, Jim Bashirs, LiquidRC.com, Shane Bronson, Greg Mead, Scott Turner, Scott Turner, what, what did I say? I'm going to say it again, Scott Turner, the godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Ready? for all the support from day one. Yeah, really. Thank you, Jimmy. Next, Square Splinter, Opposable Thumbs, Brett Benson, Christopher Pixley, Rob Hamblett, Maker Geek, Factotum Industries, Rachel Steele, John J. Hilgers Jr., Stu Morrison, of course, Nick Carruthers, Chris Ryans. Oh, I'm going to butcher this one. It's not even using English. Uh... Oystein Bjorndal, right? That's the one we talked about, Bill? Oystein Bjorndal. Yeah. Yeah. Chris DeBuer, Michael Bomarito, Marsh Wildman, Dave Bauer, Ben Babasuthi, Savannah Kramer, Philip Mueller, Made by Connor, Brian Arsenault, Joey Vargas, Eric Blanchett, David Bellhorn, Riley J. Davis, Matt Williams, Jonathan Gunson, fine, I'll go by Canyon now which I guess is Daniel Sullivan, Josh Frankel, Dominic Bender, Daryl uh, Cooksey, Hugh Scott Designs, Aaron Lund, The Gentleman, Paul Mayette, Danny Ollendorf, Al's Hackshack, Patty Gilstrap, Dan Stark, Matt Valbrecht, G Customs, Jim Marullo, uh, Daniel Harju, Chuck Curtis, Matt Williams, Urin Clock, oh, Tim Sway, I'm going to ignore that, William Lutz, I'm going to ignore that one, uh, Turg Works, which is Tim Ross, uh, Gary Fuji, Wave Cycles, Alan Canterbury, Phil Patrick, Greg Fitzgerald, Camille Good, Michael Bielner, Maker on the Move, which is Sean Farbolin, uh, Khalifa, I'm not seeing who it is, Make, Break, Repeat, Joel Crawford, Chris McIntosh, Laura Kampf, Live Free and DIY, and Marcus Hoffman. <clears throat> that was a mouthful. 
thank you to every single one of you. Uh, we literally would not be here if it weren't for you guys. So the reason there is a 200th episode is because of uh, these uh, Patreons, patrons, and uh, and frankly because of the uh, feedback and interaction that we get from every single one of you guys uh, who are listening on a weekly basis. So massive, huge thank you to everyone. You know what's Indeed. amazing about that list is um, uh, did I close this? No, I did not. Good. So, what are we working on, boys? What's uh, what's on the old bench? So Bill, I, go ahead. Go you can. Before, yeah, I see. There's there's some old school names on there. John Hilgers from way back in the day when the whole Facebook group thing started. And then we've got brand new people, um, you know, like Einstein uh, Bjornderberger, and it's it's just thank you, everybody. It's very 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 humbling. That's true. There are a lot of Patreon patrons who. Who uh, who made their mark and have since uh, stopped supporting, but their but their mark will be felt forever. So thank you to past and present. Yes, and future, of course. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Good yeah, change, yeah. especially um, in the future. <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> Am I allowed to ask what we're working on now? Uh, Tim, you, you okay with that? I just wanted to say everything that Phil said that was positive in about our patrons and, and agree and I want to say everything that Bill said that makes sense and agree with that also so <laughs> but then all the weird stuff I'm just not I'm not signing on to right so but but yeah we I mean it is humbling indeed. it's what makes this whole thing work it is the lubricant that makes this machine work <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with glue but I felt like lubricant was way funnier Two different things. Don't ever, ever get them confused. Yeah, yeah, don't. Uh, engineering <laughs> 101. Yeah. <laughs> don't lose glue for lube and don't use lube for glue. <laughs> right. Good tips. Yeah. All right. All right. We, hey, Thank we you. Good night. Yeah. 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 There's our tip Add of the week. The list. <laughs> we got that okay. out of the way. Great. So, Bill, what are, what are you working on? What's going on with you? Oh, so uh, first of all, thank you to everybody last week. Uh, what I'm working on is making a jig for that door that I got to slice the bottom of that barn door. Um, I got a lot of great tips from you guys, people offering. Mark Schaefermeyer, thank you. He offered to send. He said, hey, you're going to be in Utah. Drive up you know, another three hours, and I'll give you that bit that you were talking about. Thank you, Mark, but no. Um, <laughs> so, it's only six what hours. I, <laughs> what I realized, and a lot of people say, hey, you can try this and do that. And the whole, Phil, you were interacting mm. with somebody else that mentioned something on a, a self-centering, blah, blah, blah. And when I looked at it, I got out my palm uh, my palm uh, router. And I'm like, this is going to be such a simple jig to build. I'm way mm. overthinking mm. this. I'm just going to put a make a little plate for it and put a couple of stops on either side that will ride along the door. Right. The router is so light. And just, just make about three passes. It'll be done. That was my solution that I sent you. Uh, yeah, but I don't give you credit for anything, so... Oh, fair enough. Okay. You and my wife yeah. are on the same page. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk. We talk. Right. So, There's a newsletter, Phil. There's right. a newsletter. <laughs> so, and then another thing I would like to say, you know, Mike Klingspor is a, a new uh, uh, patron, and so I thought, you know what? I've only ever bought, and this is ironically, I've only ever uh, got, uh, I'd say got, not bought, a couple of tools from some of my favorite makers, you know, whether to support them or whatever. Tim, of course, I, I, I graciously accepted your free square things, wire, whatever. Uh, uh, Izzy's uh, palette doohickey, the Easy Pro. Well, somebody actually gave me one to thank me for building something for them. So there's a couple of ways I support just by, you know, using those things. And then so Klingspore came up, and I'm like, he had this video on uh, the spindle. Uh, you put it in a drill chuck, and it's okay. like this little flapper sander thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and for some reason it hit me. I had to buy one because I'm thinking of the guitar next that I'm making. Right at the part where the headstock is, I'm always having to do that by hand. You know that little, Tim knows what I'm talking about. That little yeah. area, throw that right mm -hmm. on that little flapper, disky, sandy thing that I just put in my drill chuck. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm I want to see it. Send me send me a link to it later. Yeah, 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 and he's a picture, got a couple yeah. different sizes, how different wide they are, but it's 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 awesome. It's awesome. Because so. I I have some discs like like almost like a spindle sander that you put into a drill, you know, right. either a handheld or yeah, yeah, and I they're a couple too. different sizes, but they're not really good. 
This thing is like a, a, a mop almost. Like if you were to yeah. spin a mop, it spins in the drill, but it's it's little tiny flaps of sandpaper. And yeah. it's strong. And if you uh, read the destructions and just checking it out, it's like it's going to last forever. And it's just going to be perfect to kind of just, you know, put stuff by hand, you know, those little curves and stuff you can't get to. So anyway, I'll, yeah. I'll share that with you, Tim. Uh, Mike Klingspore, thank you for that. Um, you could have sent me a free one, but hey, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, su- support where we where where need be. But anyway, so I'm, I'm working on getting a, a, that that jig made so I can slice that. I'm gonna go hang that door, make sure everything works, and um, this weekend I will finish it and um, uh, put some clear coats on it, and we'll call that a done deal. So I'm I'm happy about that. And again, thank you everybody for the ideas and tips and whatnots. How about You're welcome. Uh, anybody else who wants to go next? It's fine. <clears throat> Tim, you might as well go. I literally have nothing. I've been on the road for the last week, so. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. Um, what uh, the the first thing I wanted to say is that thank you to Brad and to uh, Wes for purchasing reclaimed audio T-shirts. Wes actually ordered a two hundred. Hey. Uh, so hey. I actually made a. I did a little Instagram story where I, I saw made that. the two hundred stencil and like kind of made a little joke out of it. But so what that means is that there is, believe it or not one medium reclaimed audio t-shirt left and that's it and so i want to call it now i mean we didn't discuss this but i want to call it now and say that if we ever do make another reclaimed audio t-shirt it will be different so this is the last agreed of the mohegans right that's can you racist, number it yeah. just put it like number let's just call it number 200 to go with our podcast well i i think that whoever buys the last of the mediums shirt uh, i will do something on it special to signify that. Whoa, 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 Ooh. whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> 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 Maybe leave it ordinary and mundane. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do anything special just, on there. It's just a medium t-shirt. Let's leave yeah, it at that. Yeah, it's fine. It's good like that. <laughs> I should have thought of a better way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for what's going on with me, I'm working on my, my double bass, which is coming along. It's... Um, it's getting down to where uh, I'm, I just was putting finish on it today, and I was using the the my new favorite finish is Total Boat um, Halcyon. Mm-hmm. It's in a bag. It's like kind of like is water based, so it's a little more earth friendly, but it's like strong enough for boats. You know what I mean? Like yep. so, it's like I'm really really impressed with this stuff. I've used it on a couple mm-hmm. things now, and I'm really digging it. Put a few coats of that on. Um, and the other thing that's really exciting, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show yet or not, but I'm, I'm getting yet another CNC machine. Um, <coughs> new avid CNC, uh, who is uh, is cncrouterparts.com is their new name. Um, I'm upgrading from my two foot by three foot uh, standard model uh, bench top to a two foot by four foot pro model, and so what that does is it gets it into the category of CNC. Mine is a is a unit that I have, and that's it. It's like that unit. But when you get into the four foot by um, ones that's when you can start expanding them and, and they can you know expand out 4, 8, 10, 12, 20 feet whatever you want to do with these things right, you, right. Can, wow. you can keep expanding them so it gets me into that really like the, the, the world of like machining you know like CNC machining uh, I'm super excited about it I'm very nervous about it too but um, like, like this one I'm not getting a spindle because I don't have the electricity for it right now so I'm still going to have a router in it um, but I could put a spindle in it. You know what I mean? And like, what do you mean? It's a two hundred. It's a two twenty volt. The spindle requires two twenty volts, and I only have the one two twenty outlet in my shop right now. Mm-hmm. And it's very common for me to have the CNC running and to also be running my table saw, which requires the two twenty. Right. So because I'm always like, doing really other things. fast plugging and unplugging. Right between yeah between dives of the CNC. <laughs> So that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be working on that pretty soon of of assembling a new CNC machine and uh, and you know, uh, at some point if you crazy. expand that enough you could actually CNC from one piece of wood the entire guitar neck body thing. Well, that was why I wanted to go to four feet because I can get an entire guitar out of a four foot. Um, I mean, would you make the neck as part of the? You know what I mean? All, no. Oh yeah, that's no. the that's absolutely the plan. Like like I've been right. making those the little headless ones that I've been making. Right. And then I created a file to have a headed guitar, like a normal with a paddle head on it, um, to cut out of a block that would just fit on my thirty six inch board. But it was like, it just wasn't. I never cut it. It didn't look right on the computer. I was like, this isn't gonna be right. But that's what I want to do. Is I want to do these single carves, not glue the neck on later and stuff. Um, and four feet will get me a full size base. 
um, and, as well. If anybody wants to uh, reach out to Matt Cremona for Tim and say, hey, Matt, why don't you donate a big old piece of wood that will accommodate making one guitar out of just one slab of wood? No glue. Yeah, that would be... That would be cool. I don't think I would. I mean, it would be fun to do for the experiment and for the project, but I don't think I would actually do that in practicality because that one—that's the piece of wood that's likely to split and crack and stuff. You kind of want to, in, in my opinion, I would want to do a glue up of some sort. You know what I mean? Um, like, you know, that's a wide. There's got to be woods that don't split and crack. But You're just dealing with pallets all the time, man. Relax. There's real woodworkers. Right. The I guess they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's if it's kiln dried or dried enough and. And you cut a section out that doesn't have any splits, and you, it's all dried to where it's done warping. And you could get a level piece out. Hey, you could also Cremona's get a piece that doesn't include the heartwood. I mean, I think that's probably yeah. your concern. Like his pieces are wide enough. I'm not saying you get a piece of wood from Matt Cremona, but um, there no, are. I'm expecting one. a Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hey, it's Matt. What's yeah. up? I heard uh, you want a piece of wood. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's. I mean, one of the many things uh, I'm looking forward to doing on this machine. Uh, it's super, super exciting and scary. Matt or Mitchell Dillman, either one. They're uh, local, uh, uh, great community members who are awesome. Where does and have Matt? Big. Giant. Where does Matt live? Do you know? What Yes, he lives in Wisconsin. Oh, and then uh, Mitchell's in Denver, so neither of them are close to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's places that get slabs around here too, but I probably yeah, have to buy them. It's not the same too. <laughs> probably have to pay for them. Yeah, which would cost half as much as getting a slab shipped from Denver. <laughs> not, if you, not if you did a road trip in your fandangled, uh, neat little truck. By the way, Paul Mayette, uh, the diecast Tim's truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's making the diecast model, the, Matt, the Hot Wheels version. It's awesome. I'm so excited to see it. <laughs> okay, let's, um, let's get into the questions unless you're, you had more stuff to tell us. Nope, I'm good. Okay, because uh, so this week uh, for our 200th, we put it out to everyone last week to uh, send us in those questions because we were making this 200 a Q&A sesh. Hopefully we can get to them, uh, as many as we possibly can this week. Otherwise, we'll spill it over into next week, uh, which means we won't have to come up with a topic for next week. Ah, oh, nuts. Um, so let's get started right away. I'm going to open up this, uh, this Google Doc that we were all looking at. Um, and the first one is from... Steve Nelson. He has a lot Steve of words. Steve and Jen Nelson. A lot of names. Yeah. A lot of names. Steve and Jen. Okay, all right. Um, hi, guys. My question is about heirloom pieces. Actually, I'm going to give you a quick uh, quick intro to this. None of us have read any of these questions purposefully so that when as we read them, you get our raw, unfiltered reactions to them. That was premeditated and by design. I have to because I don't like to be dishonest. I did read one of them because it was sent to me privately, and he was like, "Does that make sense?" The question, and so I had to read it to make sure it made sense. And I think it made sense, but you guys will be the judges of that. <laughs> Only you would have people sending questions that you have to ask if they, you can understand the question. But hey, yeah, Bill, you're the pot. <laughs> I'm the kettle. <laughs> Touche. Right. Also, By just so you know, Tim, you are not under oath. I don't know if you thought you were. You're not. I am. I am under my own personal oath. Right. Uh, so, by the way, Steve Nelson is also the born maker. We might as well throw that out there. No, okay. that's not him. That's the next... That's the born maker is the next question. Oh, that's yeah. Not, I take that back. Yeah. Never mind. That's Julian. Don't yeah. listen to yeah. Bill. We already discussed that. A couple Were you trying to read ahead? Don't yeah, read no reading ahead. Um, anyway, Steve and Jen Nelson. Hi, guys. My question is about heirloom pieces. Have you already made or is there something you one day want to make that you would consider an heirloom piece? Something you're so proud of that you're hoping will be passed down through your family. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Steve from Banff, uh, Canada. Banff is in Alberta. So that's our, that's our Texas, if you will. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, cowboy steaks, the whole nine yards. That's, that's what's out there. Uh, and oil. Um, so I'll take, I'll take a stab at this one. Uh, my answer is no. I haven't made anything that I would consider heirloom or something that I would pass on to my kids that's still... Uh, yet to come for me, and I'll leave it open to you guys. Uh, I would say I, I I made something when I was a kid that I now have. My first thing I ever made, right? That picture I showed you guys of that little plaque I made of a uh, picture mm -hmm. of me. Um, I would probably like to pass that down. Um, my mom gave it to me after I made it when I was six. And then the other thing is I did make Aspen a guitar, so I or a cigar box guitar. So I hope that she would keep that as an heirloom piece but like you feel i haven't purposely made anything that i would consider pass downable right i have 
ironically, I was just talking about this with my wife and son Vance a few days before this email even came in. Um, I made uh, I I might have mentioned on the podcast before, but my my wife's brother, my brother-in-law, he passed away a couple years ago, and um, he, we you know it, it was it was it was young it was it was tough but so uh one of the things that we did is we saved his stereo cabinet um that just is, it had all these like hippie stickers on his grateful dead stickers and stuff and um and we wanted to just save it because it reminded us of him and in the process uh, um his father my father-in-law and i were carrying it out and it had this glass front on it's like one of those 90s ones made a composite board and the glass shattered but it was all had so many stickers on it that it didn't shatter into a million pieces and it, it like it was like I was able to keep it for the most part together. I put it on a piece of plywood, and it sat around my shop for about a year and a half, um, maybe longer. It's, I, mean, I think we're coming up on three years, um, and I just I didn't know what to do with it. I just knew I couldn't not keep it, or you know. And uh, and finally, I decided I just I I put it on a piece of plywood. I assembled it the best I could with the glass that we still had, and I epoxied it in. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, you know, I was like four coats of it, and there's still uh, it was a lot of epoxy that stuff. <laughs> it adds up, but, so there's still a part of it where the glass is sticking out a little bit and stuff, and so and that hangs on the wall in our living room with a, a light cool. over it. Oh wow! And and I was referred to that. We were just had this conversation. I don't remember the the whole crux of the conversation, but the the terms of heirloom pieces came up, and I was talking about this clock I have that was my grandfather's that he restored, and I said to Vance, I said, well, this is like an heirloom piece, you know, that we would hope that the family keeps forever. Um, and it's not because of the craftsmanship, but it's because of the importance. And uh, that's so just, you know, like your heirloom piece can be like Bill said, it can be that thing you made when you're five years old. Right. Um, that's special. Like mm -hmm. value is so subjective. You know what I mean? And an heirloom piece isn't about financial value, in my opinion. No, no. I, I think most people just things you get passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. What, what about uh, can you either of you think of something that you might make? What would, would be an idea to make some, like something you could make to give to Vance and then he could pass down? First thing that comes to my mind, just so you know, uh, a really nice, simple wooden toolbox, right? Like a Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. If something personalized with a date, you know, I have um, I have my grandfather's drill press. Mm -hmm. um, which is not actually in use right now in the shop, but it's just stored. And uh, that was, you know, my grandfather gave it to my father, who then gave it to me, and I would like to give it to Vance. And it's in disrepair right now. It doesn't really work very well. It's got some broken parts on it, but I would like to take that and completely restore it. What would you make, someday. though? A lot of holes in something when I was done restoring it. Bum bum. <laughs> Kitchen table for me. We actually need a new one, and uh, I would love to make it. Of a, I don't think necessarily it's value. It's more about the construction that it would last several right. lifetimes. That, that's you know? another thing to consider. Good point. Yeah, so that that's what last. I consider an heirloom piece. Like it could be made out of pallets, but if it's made of like, I don't know, indestructible mortise and tendon construction, you know that kind of thing. That's what I consider heirloom quality. Uh, yeah, I agree. But I think I'd rather do something smaller that would be easier for people to take because we don't know what the future is going to look like and not everyone's necessarily going to have room for a six-foot dining table in the future. It's more difficult to to cherish something like that and pass it down. It's like, oh, who's going to take the dining table? I, I think that, you know, something smaller, like a, an end table a might be a box. better way to go. It's funny or that you say that because... A toolbox is a great idea because everybody's always got to use for a box, you know? Yeah, but I will tell you, my, my dad passed away uh, 11 years ago and, uh, and there's four of us. He had four kids. And we all live on our own now, and we kind of sort of split everything up, even, I mean, the furniture, and it sort of yeah. lives with all of us. Like, I have, you know, the mm. china hutch and some random pieces and things like that. So um, so those kinds of pieces do live on. Uh, I'm not advocating that you die young, but I am saying that those kinds of things <laughs> do make their way out to the I world. Like, I like the dining room table idea. I'm going to have, um, you know, Aspen's may or may not, but is likely to come live with us, and we don't have a kitchen table. So right. maybe building a small, you know, maybe a four-seater as opposed to a six-footer uh, yeah. table. And then it someday maybe I could give it to her when she gets her first place type of deal. So Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. Excellent Let's, ideas, uh, boys. Good question. I'm going to delete them from this file as we go because okay. I have a feeling we're going to spill it next week, and that way it's just going to alleviate. Okay. All right. So. Next. Who wants to read the next one? I'll, I'll read it because. Oh, go ahead. Um, all right. Well, you can do it since you are the one that erroneously called the last one the born maker, and this one is actually from the born maker. So hey, it makes sense. so there's there's a question from the born maker, the born hey. maker, gmail.com. Hey, so Halloween has always been my favorite holiday and time of year, 
and a perfect excuse for reclaiming materials for spooky projects. What are your Halloween plans? Do you go all out or turn off the porch light and go to bed? Uh, curious what the differences are between East Coast, West Coast, and Frozen Tundra. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, how many trick-or-treaters do you expect to get? Coolest costume you've pulled off? And uh, I'd like to read the next part, too. It's not a question. It's congrats on 200. You guys always somehow find yourselves on the rotation week after week. And while you haven't been inspiring enough for me to get out the camera and make more videos, you have certainly helped keep this reclaimer addicted to browsing Craigslist free ads and keeping an eye out during big trash pickup weeks. My kids, thank you for their new reclaimed playhouse in the backyard. That's a uh, Julian. Uh, uh, first of all, you're an amazing mm. maker. Uh, we know who you are. Um, and that's that's the nicest um, insulty compliment we've ever gotten. I think <laughs> this week, yeah, this week, yeah. So so far, yeah. Yeah. so far. So um, uh, indeed, Halloween plans. Uh, I we don't do Halloween. Okay. Um, my neighborhood doesn't get any kids, so we don't really do Halloween. And as far as a uh, um, uh, coolest costume I've ever pulled off, I dressed up as a, a member of the opposite sex a couple of times and I don't know how good it was but I pulled it off that's all I, I feel like that's really for us to judge uh, after yeah. you send us the pictures yeah we post them on the internet yeah. bingo I'll just do it again this year how's that that's okay even better <laughs> that seems oh you showed us um. now the, the two with small children probably have some better answers for this question um, my um, my neighborhood uh, gets a shockingly um, poor representation of Halloween, although we do, um, we, I do pull out all the stops. I change out all of the outside lights to these, um, these novelty like red bulbs so that the whole house looks menacing. Um, I always carve a whole bunch of pumpkins with the kids. Um, I generally have a corpse on the lawn that I've made up from clothing stuffed with leaves. Um, and this week, I was kind of, uh, not this week, sorry, this, uh, this year, uh, since I'd got into some Arduino programming, I was hoping maybe to create some lightning effects um, with some LED lights and stuff, but we'll see if I have uh, time for that. Um, here's the difference. East Coast, I think Halloween is Halloween, um, and we've always done that. Don't forget, Montreal, by the way, again, I know you're probably just kidding, but just for everyone listening, Montreal is like five hours from Boston, six hours from New York, and it's all the same weather, just so you know. Um, I answered how no, many it's not. Yes, it is. It's the same. <laughs> Coolest costume I've I've pulled off. Um, one year I went as uh, as Gru from the Minions movie. Wait, yeah, I that's thought pretty this, good. That's that was, how you dress up all the time. Yeah. Did you make a rocket car? <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, no one can see. Oh, Phil, I bet you look so special. Can you send us a yes. picture? Yeah. I don't have any pictures, but it was in. I actually, uh, I got inspired because my my son at the time had one of those a big minion stuffy, and so I was looking at. It, I was like, oh, because we had to dress up for work for Halloween. So I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. And then I just repeated the costume for the actual night of Halloween. So I'd walk around with this little minion stuffy dressed up as Gru's. Uh, it's actually pretty funny. Um, what about you, Tim? What are you guys doing this year? Um. Yeah, I mean, our house doesn't get any kids because of where it's situated. Uh, even though there's kids in the neighborhood, they all just go down the street about a half mile where there's a neighborhood with sidewalks. And, and so that's mm. where kind of Halloween happens here. So we don't go crazy. You know, we always, you know, put some candy out for any kids that might actually show up, but no one ever does. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, carve a pumpkin every year or whatever. Not not too, too crazy. Um, I'm just personally, I'm not big into any holiday, really, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, yeah, I mark time differently, but um, uh, I can't think of the cleverest costume I've ever had because I don't think I've ever had a good one. But I want to point out what Vance dressed up as about three or f years ago when he was five, I think, or six, um, three or four years ago. He wanted to dress as an architect. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy Peck, <laughs> which I just thought was so. He just wore he wore a button up shirt and he carried a pencil. And he and he had his glasses and and he combed his hair and he's like I'm an architect and I was I like I believe that yeah. was our first year of the podcast actually it might have been four years ago yeah do you remember that I do yeah. I just huh. thought it was the best like that's know. pretty funny 
Yeah, he's dressed up as baseball players and boogeyman, and he's just walking around in a buttoned-up shirt. That's right. <laughs> so one one thing I can think of um, West Coast that we do that you may do or not on the East Tundra Coast. Um, uh, the I don't know if it's just because some of the neighborhoods are bad, but like shopping malls, a lot of times you can go after hours oh, yeah. and all the stores pass out candy. Churches will do that as well, take the kids to different church parking lots and they have like, you know, things like that. There are places around here where they do uh, Halloween, like trunk Halloween, where everybody pulls their cars into like a parking lot and yeah. they decorate their cars and you walk around to the trunks of cars and, and take candy. Sketch. Half the kids, half the kids yeah. aren't, half the kids are gone when everybody goes home, but hey. There's yeah. 200 kids to begin with, 100 when they're done. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, math, you know? I just realized that there probably is one that's different for the frozen north here. We do, um, we do a Halloween public skate. So where that's I live, different. there's a, there's a three rink civic center and that's where hockey is done for our little municipality. And, uh, and so one, they open up all three rinks, it's indoor, and everybody dresses up and goes free skating. And one of the three rinks is like disco skating. So it's all black lights and it's dark and stuff. It's actually a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I like it. That is something different. Yeah. So yeah. We oh, are just I'm leaving knocking this. these questions out of the park, man. Oh yeah, yeah, we're really killing it here. Yeah. Um, Tim, you should are probably we- take this one because you're the only one who probably pays taxes. Um. <laughs> This this is from from Chip, our uh, our machinist friend who is visually impaired. Yes, um, and um, he wrote, "Listen to your recent uh, podcast, and I have a question. It has to do with running a small business. How do you take care of taxes and insurance?" Now, I have to admit that I, I read this question too because he had written to me about some other stuff we were talking about, uh, and then this was there. And so then I wrote back and answered him, and I sent him the email, and then I realized that <laughs> he was asking the question. For the podcast, um, I'm curious. Well, just read us you your answer. Him, then. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm looking for my my answer. I don't remember if I have it here. Um. Nope, that's not it. So okay, well I'll just I'll just kind of try to remember it. But um, basically, uh, I have it really easy because my small business is so small. It's just me. So it doesn't get, you know, like when you start having employees is where things start getting complicated with payroll and with taxes and this and and the other thing. But so for me, I mean, I have my own personal health insurance and if I get hurt on the subway or if I get hurt in my workshop or I get hurt sitting here in my office, I get hurt and I go to the doctor. So that's, that's fine. You know what I mean? Um, And then uh, taxes, uh, some people might disagree, but I pay someone to do them. I pay them very well and I pay them every year. And it makes my life so much easier. If I had to, to weed through all that stuff, I would probably just get a job. Um, because every year the tax laws change and the codes change. And I, you know, I mean, I know that there's like qu- all these other like programs and QuickBooks and stuff. So I just keep a log of everything that I, I spend and everything I make. And I, and I, I keep all the receipts, of course, in a shoebox. But you only have to pull those out if you get audited. Um, I, I keep a running log, like a ex- uh, spreadsheet type thing. And I just, I add them up at the end of the year. Like, I'm like, okay, this is how many, much money I spent on postage. This is how much money I spent on tools. This is how much money I spent on materials, you know? And I, and I just give all that information to uh, my accountant and he comes back and tells me what I owe or tells me what I get back. And he, I trust the guy as a family friend. Um, so, and that's, I think a big part of it is trusting them. Mm-hmm. Like that they're actually going to give you, you know, the time to do it right for you, you know? So but uh, it's, it's worth it. In my opinion, I used to. I mean, forever, I did my own taxes. Whether you know, it was always just because I Me had too. a job. And if yeah. I ever de- had a side job or something and I got paid official for it, I included that because I was smart enough to do that. It was like, hey, yeah. I can do my own taxes. I ain't paying nobody for this. So mm-hmm. fast forward, and, and Casey and I got married. I still did our taxes. Um, fast forward to where she became a small business owner with employees, and she doesn't. Mm. She doesn't actually pay taxes. She pays quarterly. And she doesn't have, you know, and all of a sudden, so I said, no, 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 I can do this. No problem. Give me the paperwork. So she hands me the first form. I had no idea what it was. I don't know how it applied. I said, yeah, we need an accountant. <laughs> so we it have. Gets comp- yeah. I mean, it's like profit loss. She's yeah. like, I, I have to deal with um, my, my health insurance. I get it through the state because I'm self-employed. And I was right. just before we did this is one of the things I was trying to take care of again this year. And. And it's, you know, all that stuff, like when you're a small business, like the reason you have a small business is because there's something you like to do and you want to make that your business. And the reality of it is that you, if you spend half your time doing the thing that you like to do 
that's like amazing because really you end up there's just so many of these other things you have to do but then the other thing too is that to not ever be discouraged by that when you see like you know i'm an llc i got an accountant it's like it seems so overwhelming if you just doing your 1040 easy every year but right. it's not because it doesn't it doesn't all happen at once like you don't have like you know shop rent insurance and taxes and this and that and the other thing you 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 build into it and so mm-hmm. it's like every every year, every couple months, you pick up another responsibility, and the next I, thing you know, you've, you're doing it all. I think it'll be kind of self-evident, um, I, I, and I'm guessing here. Please, nobody take our advice on your taxes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I'm saying I, I think it becomes self-evident as you start off being a, a full-time maker. You probably do your taxes for the first couple of years, and like you said, then you start adding things to it, and begin, when it gets to a point where it's it's like you know what, it's it's probably more beneficial time. Uh, by time, by saving money or whatever, to get the most you can, is you get, hire hire an accountant. You know? Same as like I could, I my shower was broken a few months back. Like you know, it was leaking and it was right. like complicated. And I could have fixed it. I could have taken it all out. I could have done. It probably would have taken me about four or five hours. Or I can pay a guy a hundred bucks to come in and do it in an hour. So yeah, what's right. worth more? What's <laughs> worth more? To, and no, it's going to be right. Exactly. Right. Same with taxes. Like you know, it's not cheap hiring a good accountant to do this stuff. But yeah. I'm guarantee that I'm saving more money by hiring him that covers his expense than if I were to do it myself. See, this is the difference. Though, when, uh, sorry, Phil. Just one more thing. Um, you do your own taxes. I got money back every year, right? And I got to spend right. that money. I love that. Now that we have an accountant, Casey says, oh, look, we got a whole bunch of money back. I'm like, that's great. Where is it? He says, no, no, no. We have to apply that towards next year's taxes. Well, that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> that's no fun. Pay it forward. That's a thing. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, Phil, I would love to hear from you because you're the smart one of the three of us. I was going to say always hire somebody to do your taxes, frankly. If they're anything more complicated than you as a single dude or a single lady, uh, you know, pay someone to do your taxes. Well, yeah, there's so many things that, like, I mean, now that I've had an accountant for a decade or so, like, I could probably do it myself. But, like, I didn't know that I could write off one third of the loaf of bread because I make sandwiches I bring to lunch. You know what I mean? Like that's like there's like all. <laughs> you, that's I pretty off. granular. <laughs> well, I don't actually do that, but but you know what I mean. That's the point. Like everything, if it goes to my shop, if it involves me working, the the room I'm sitting in right now in my house, even though I don't yeah. actually make anything yeah, yeah. here, I, I do this podcast yeah. and I make money doing this podcast. So this I, room is I a write off. Yeah, yeah, I can write off yeah. my garage and the yeah. office uh, is mm-hmm. and deduct that from our rent. So a square yeah. f- partial square footage of the house we can deduct. Yep. And from your utilities. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just weird how all the, and, and never would have, never would have known that had we not had an accountant. So, yeah. yeah. This it, tax segment brought to you by the Born Maker. Chip. Yeah. Or Chip. Sorry, it was Chip. <laughs> Chip. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, this yes. one comes from uh, Richard Martin. Happy 200th show. I've got a few f- questions for you. So here we go. Do you think you'll be able to get over to the UK for next year's Maker Central? Uh, no. Maybe you could get a company to sponsor your trip, as I know transatlantic travel isn't cheap. Transatlantic flight. Especially if you're coming from near Hawaii or wherever <laughs> the heck it is that Bill lives. Yes. Yes, California. Close, Who's ever heard of that? Closer uh, to Hawaii than you, Richard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you ever... Get, okay, so here's a real question, because uh, I ain't going to Maker Central. I would love to, but I just don't see that yeah, happening. Someone's got to pay the way, and that's an expensive... Well, there's, we have enough listeners now, and, and a few that are uh, across the pond. Y'all start working on that, because I will be happy to accept <laughs> that sponsorship for the, uh, for, the, for the airfare, and I believe that we know enough people that uh, we can stay with probably Steve House or uh, you know, one of those guys. It's a, it is a fairly large country. They might not just happen to live close to. But Jamie anyway. Page will probably put us up. Jamie Page is like American Express. He's everywhere you want to be. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Okay, here's his, here's a, a lot of questions here. Okay. Do you ever get... Wait, wait, wait. What? One more thing. What? Uh, every, put pressure on Vectric. They're out in England. Tell them that they, you, they need to bring me to... Because I'm working for Vectric. Hey, no, 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 you include us. This is our podcast, 200. No, you guys have your own podcast to deal with these types of issues. (laughs) I'm starting to remember the name of it. TV show. Yeah, I'm starting to remember the pre-show topic, too. Rhymes with Duck Boo. (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. Phil, please ask the questions. Do you ever get fed up of some people questioning the quality (laughs) of your finished work just because it's made from reclaimed materials? This really winds me up as some people seem to think that reclaimed automatically means cheap crap, regardless of the quality of the finished piece. 
Um, that might be a problem unique to you, my friend. Uh, everything I put out is heirloom quality. So, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, although yeah. I, I haven't heard it specifically, I might not be pumping out the same amount of, uh, of finished goods as you are, but no one has ever said anything to my face. I, I would say um, I've had people question the materials going into a project, but never the end result. Right. Yeah. yeah, I haven't had anybody ever like pick something up and be like, "Well, it's just going to fall apart, right?" You know, yeah. they, once you, if they're able to touch it and see it, I think that they realize it's it's cool. But sometimes, like in uh, in photographs or just in description, they might not understand that, and that's where they need to be educated. Right. Well, you know, when you first get that material from the dumpster, and and somebody comes over and they smell the garbage on it and the banana peel sticking and hanging off the end, mm. I can see where there might be a concern. But you know, give me time. Sand off your banana peels, and this will not happen. That's right. With my cling spore sander thingy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the one big project you want to make, but space-time won't let you do now? Um, um, I, I confess up to this, and I won't. I only say it once. I wish I had the room to put up a big CNC. What? You were just the whole premise last of our last week. podcast... Was you like, I'm done with CNC, I'm never using a CNC. You wouldn't even let us call a laser a CNC. Well, it's because I want a big uh, laser. All right. Okay. This. I, I have like a 4x6 CNC from the old company that Tim changed their name, people. That's If I wanted to put it together, I would. And the reason I don't, I don't have the room. Phil, you've been in my garage. There's no room in here for CNC. You could get rid of that podcasting station. We will miss you, but you could put the CNC there. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> uh, this is why I stuck around for four years, and I'll be here for another four. <laughs> Yay. Um, okay, Tim, what about you? Um, I've always wanted to build a structure. Like, I mean, I built a shed once. Um, I've always wanted to build my own house. Like, you know, like a building, you know, or my own mm. workshop or, or like a tiny home, something like that. I mean, like, that's just one of the dreams, right? I think everybody wants to do that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah, you're even looking into doing it, building I'm, a shed. On I'm the doing backyard. it next year. Yeah, I built I built a shed in my backyard, but I mean, it's real, like, you know, it's not like finished. You know what I mean? It's just like a real rough shed. And, yeah, uh, and little, uh, that uh, really cemented my that desire. Box? Is that why it's not finished yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a tarp in a cardboard box. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that's I've always wanted to do. Well, in a boat, so and in a boat, yeah. uh, and electric, electric electric car. That's another one. So yeah. I am going to be building a workshop next year. That is the plan. Um, it's been approved by the requisition board, uh, aka my wife, mostly <laughs> because she wants everything, all my tools out of the garage. But listen, you know the ends justify the means. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the other thing is an heirloom quality kitchen table. That's what I want to build. Um, gotta, that I haven't been able to yet. Got to build a shed for the table. Why is pineapple wrong on a pizza, but broccoli is right? Broccoli is never right on a pizza, ever. It's not. It's pretty good. And keep those European uh, ideas uh, across the pond. I don't need that in See, my country. Now, I'm sorry. What you, what you don't understand is that Sir, I believe I can call him Sir Richard Martin. I'm pretty sure he's been knighted. Has not only been to the states, he has been to Connecticut. He has been to my workshop. Him and his lovely wife and lovely daughter, and they have been to my home where we forced them to eat pizza with broccoli on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was an inside joke. No, yeah, it's just wrong. It's all kinds of wrong. And, and I'm sorry, it's very Richard, good actually. They're I would never do that to you. You come to California. I'm right next door to Hawaii, and I will give <laughs> you some pizza that's got amazing pineapple on it all kinds of ham and bacon and other stuff and and we'll wash that broccoli right out of your, your just system it's awful cheers chaps i always enjoy the show and i've been listening from the start it's funny informative and isn't always about guitars <laughs> which is a bonus congratulations to you all for reaching the 200 episode milestone here's to another 200 cheers richard martin thank you richard and once again, i'm thank not you, prepared to I'm not prepared to, to sign on for another 200. Let's just go episode at a time. <laughs> I agree. Month to month. <laughs> month to week to week. Yeah. Okay. Um, here we go. Um, Billy Lutz. Let's, let's skip the other segments and just do a couple more of these. Yeah, I can, agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, because we, 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 we've still got more 
you know, to do next week. So we'll right. just, yeah, we'll skip the closing segment. So, okay, go ahead, Bill. Uh, this is from our international international man of mystery, uh, the Austin <laughs> oh, yeah. Powers. John made it. Uh, a few questions for the show if you need them. Of course we do, John. We always need anything from you because you're important to us. What was your original reason for starting the podcast, and has the reason changed after 200 episodes? Um, uh, Phil, I'm going to let you take this because I'm sure it's going to be a really funny answer. Um, the reason I started the podcast was because when I started it four years ago, or I had the idea for it, um, there were only a few maker podcasts. I can think of maybe really two, like um, um, Making It was out maybe, I want to say, less than a year before yeah, I started. Yeah, half a year or so. Yeah, yeah about um, six months. Yeah, Wood Talk had been out for quite a while, and I really liked that one. 72 and years, yeah. Yeah, 72 years, uh, and I couldn't really think of anyone. So there was like two of them, and and I felt like that there was personally uh, a, a vacuum in the space for more of this kind of content. Since then, of course, a ton more podcasts have come out, and they're all great, all in their own yep. way, of course. Uh, but that was the reason. And so when I when I thought of doing this, I was really into Reclaimed at the time. I still am, of course. Uh, and I was thinking, who is the king of Reclaimed? Uh, I couldn't get him, so I got Tim. And uh, <laughs> <You're a> jerk. <laughs> He's like the Duke of Reclaimed. Um, yeah, maybe maybe he's the second Earl. Right. The cousin of the second Earl. He's, a, he's got a duchy. Um, <laughs> no, but so then I reached out to Tim. He wasn't really sure about it. Um, but, you know, maybe over the course of a week, I, um, I, I talked him into it. And then we both decided that we needed a third for the podcast because these kinds of conversations uh, work like a tripod. You kind of lean on each other. Um, if there's ever sort of an empty amount of space where someone's not speaking, someone else is always ready to jump into the conversation. And, it, and it, it's probably the best formula for these kinds of conversations. Uh, and, and I said, who do you think we should get as our third? And, uh, and he said, Bill Lutz. And I asked him if he was sure several times. And, uh, and it <laughs> turned, Still do. Still yeah, do. Still, no, but that, that turned really well. The truth is, is that Bill was very vocal on a, uh, on a Facebook group that we sort of all came from. And, uh, and, and we both felt that he was really great at getting the word out, and I credit our start to Bill's ability to really uh, promo us. And, and I don't think we're, we'd be where we are today if Bill wasn't as, uh, as influential in that group and, uh, and, and as liked, frankly. Well, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. We'd probably be much more successful. On that note, thank you for the compliment. Uh, the second part of that question is, can Phil and Tim guess Bill's favorite color? Um, whatever it is, it has no sleeves. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a guess, and I base this just because I know, not because I'm looking around your shop. <laughs> Oh, it's but, yellow. Um, it's yellow. For it's sure. yellow, it's yellow because of his favorite tools are That's yellow. That's right. So yeah, yeah. I that's my guess. No, you're both wrong. It's blue. It, it's khaki green. Yeah. No, it's blue. I, I don't have a lot of blue, but blue has always been my favorite color. Hmm. Well, you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> All right. What is one of your most favorite podcasts that you will listen to as soon as it is released? Uh, my, so many. I listen to... One guaranteed every single day, and it's the daily. It's what what is that? A new show? It's the New York Times podcast. Oh, really? That's interesting. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Is there a subscription fee? No, <laughs> no. Although although they do always sort of tell you, listen, if you like this show, um, the New York Times is the engine for it. So subscribe to the New York Times. It'll keep us going. But <clears throat> I'll I'll leave that to my American brethren. Mm. I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, the smart thing is one of the reasons why we are so successful is because of my smartness. Um, I'm going to say that the podcast that is my favorite that I will listen to as soon as it is released is the one and only one podcast that actually sponsors our podcast. And that would be, uh, maybe I've said too much, with Joel Crawford, Mike Laffey, and Izzy Swan. Stay tuned every week on whatever day they release it. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was right. a really, really good, good radio. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Mine's not. That's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never heard of it. I don't even know who those guys are. Maybe. Um, yeah. No. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of them that I that I get excited about every week. One of them is Radio Lab. I just I love the way that show is put together. 
Um, and they, for whatever reason, I don't, they, I feel like they don't come out in the same day every week. It's like a mystery when it's going to come out. So that's one of those ones when it does happen, it's like, Ooh, you know, um, but maybe that's just cause I'm an idiot and I forget from week to week what day it comes out. But, um, and then another one is the, the new one I found recently that I mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, it's in the second season. I was a Ron Burgundy podcast because I'm just a huge Will Ferrell fan yeah. and, uh, and it's funny. So. You know, one, I can say not a specific podcast, but one of the things Casey and I do, we find ourselves now instead of looking for podcasts that have a, you know, an episode every week, but it's live or it's just different. We've started listening to like true crime stuff that we yeah. there's a season, so we know that we can listen, we can either binge listen or you know we know what the next one's going to be every night if we listen right once a night. You know what I mean? So we do. We've been doing that for quite a while now. We'll just pick one that's got a bunch of episodes or a couple of seasons, and then we'll just listen to that season, then go on to the next. So that's did you listen? To, did you do S Town? That sounds yeah. Familiar. I did that one. Yeah, so was good. Great. Listen S-Town? to S Town. Yeah, yep. S Town and Serial. Well, Serial, yeah, we do. It's the makers of Serial. It was yeah. a spinoff, right? Of, of or some of the co-workers or whatever. But yeah, yeah. S Town was fantastic. Really good. And yeah. one we're listening to so, right now is called uh, "To Hell and Gone," and it's about a murder in the Ozarks or something like some years back in 2004. And it's really captivating. And this podcaster is trying to solve a crime that the police haven't been able to solve yet. So that's kind of neat. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a weird part of the that medium. It's like yeah. Like vlogging is to YouTube, you know, true crime is to Right. You know, like like makeup tutorials is to YouTube, true crime is to <laughs> podcasts, you know. On this episode with Jenna Marbles. Yeah. Um okay, I think we have time for maybe two more and then we got to Yeah. Sign off. So this one's yours, Tim. Um okay, hang on. I just I have to do my little OCD thing and delete John made it. Um this is from I, I guess we pronounce rude. Yep. Hoof. Rude. How dare you? Rude. Hoof. Yeah. Um, asking a question is the least I can do to help you gentlemen make the 200th worth sharing. Have you found any reclaimed material that would be usable as fret uh, uh, frets on a guitar neck? Thanks from Rude. And that is a great question and something that I have thought about. And I know, Bill, I believe you've done it before with nails. Uh, I've done it with nails. I've done it with um, uh, electrician's fish tape. Um, yes, that was the one I, I remember that you had was cool. Right. I've done it with co- cotter pins cut in half. Right. Because they're flat on one side and round on the other. I would say um, this is going to be more applicable to what I'm doing. I mean, if you're building a real guitar, um, I can't think of anything that, not in my knowledge anyway, that would actually be that good because a cigar box guitar actually sounds good when it's a little out of tune. You know what I mean? It's actually, it's kind of what it's supposed to be. It's just a homemade instrument. But I can't imagine uh, the quality of stuff that you're putting out now, Tim, that you could use anything but frets. I don't I don't think I would want to. I mean, I would as an experiment because, I, I mean, some of the right. guitars, I think, the guitar, right, the guitar right. made of nails, I thought about making the frets out of nails and right. making a neck for it. But I wanted to make that build about the body, and so I just used a pre-made neck for it, you know? Right, right. Um, so th- there's definitely, like, there's times like that where it's fun to do that to experiment. But if you're trying to make a real guitar, yeah, that's a tough one because... I mean, to really make it sit right in there, you need that, like the way frets are made, for people who don't know, there's like a half round, basically metal top, and it's almost shaped like a T, if you look at the profile of it, and then, so there's the stem that goes down, and it's got little barbs on it, like almost like hooks, you know, little sharp, and so you cut a very thin slot into the fingerboard, and there's a slight radius to them, so you have to bend them a little bit, and then you tap them in, and you bang them in, or press them into the wood, and it grabs Mm -hmm. it, so it won't come out, and then you have to pull them out to refret the whole thing. And so, I mean, yeah, you can, if you take like a, like the cotter pin I did, which I think is probably your best bet um, for non-fret material because it's flat on one side, round on the other. That way you could just literally just glue it to the fingerboard without having to cut a slot. Whereas if you had a full round thing, you'd have to like cut a little like half round circle for it right. to sit in and to I've do used, it really I've well. Used, I've used baling wire as well. Um, and the thing is, again, with a cigar box guitar, or with a homemade guitar, three strings especially, the action sits quite a bit higher. You can do right. that. So the playability even, level is different. Yeah, it, it is different, but you, because you can make the action higher, you don't have to worry about these odd, weird uh, uh, frets that you're using weird materials for. Because on a real guitar, you've got to really get those. Uh, 
the action down low enough, and then you know the frets got to be level all the way down the neck. I mean, it's you know I don't have to worry about the the preciseness that you do building the, the real guitars that you do. Yeah. So if if I ever do find something that's readily available that works as good as store bought frets, I will absolutely let the world know. <laughs> it won't be my secret, but uh, yeah, that's the best we've got so far. Um, but we don't know. I mean, he you might rude you might be making. Cigar box guitars. If you are, there's like a dozen answers for you right there. Yep, yep. And actually, and uh, rude. If you come up with something, I I don't know about Tim, but I'd be interested in knowing if you have a different. Oh material. heck yeah, always. Yeah, yeah always. Really share, cool. Share pics, share info. Yeah. I want to read a question from uh, from this one's from from Instagram. Somebody sent me a, a direct message. Uh, this is uh, from Mateo of Mateo's Workshop, who's actually the son of uh, the Lakeside Woodcrafter, uh, who's ah. Pete. And, uh, and he sent me a message on Monday. He says, he says, Mr. Pinsky. This is why I thought it was the cutest thing in the world. He wrote me, Mr. Pinsky, I hope I'm not too late for my question to the podcast. What shop project or gift projects other than cutting boards are good for kids to make? Um, which I think is a fantastic question because I, yeah. I, I always think about it. And, you know, I constantly question whether or not my son is old enough uh, to come into the shop and help because he is always interested. And I generally always help him. Uh, have him help me with things like sanding but to be honest with you it's it's more the time that we spend together I don't actually expect him to get any decent sanding going because he's not very very good at it but uh, you know it, it's all about the the quality time shared so to answer your question what kind of que- uh, and, and he's about 11 or 12 years old so he's not like a super young kid so he's definitely old enough to have safety in mind and all that stuff so I would say um, I don't know whatever it is that you that you want to be making. I mean, uh, boxes are a great one um, mm-hmm. because you can make them with so many different tools and in so many different ways, and they can be used for so many different things. Either uh, gift box, um, an open box. Like I have uh, one of the first things I ever made was was a box out of reclaimed poplar that I stained a cool gray color, and it's where we keep all of our remote controls in the den. You know, so like you can use a box anywhere um, for anything. So that kind of stuff. Um, Apple boxes are great ones because I know that you're uh, you guys are doing a lot of uh, photography and for your Instagram. So uh, look up what an Apple box is. It's it's used in in cinematography and stuff. It's just a series of boxes where you'd either stack your product or you stack your camera or you stack yourself to get a better vantage. Um, crates, you know, those are for just keeping organized. All kinds of cool stuff like that. That's that's what I think are easy, simple shapes. You know, they're all straight lines. Um, and, and, and you have a real opportunity to make them well. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. I think those are great ideas. Absolutely. And, um, but I think one of the things with, with kids in the shop, um, to make a box that like all those straight lines that requires the tools that are not necessarily kid friendly to get to that point to make those straight lines. Right. Whereas stuff like the bandsaw and the scroll saw, are tools that are a little bit more kid-friendly where they can actually be hands-on with them and you're not freaking out about safety as much. So I would say to, um, the, the other option is to go the exact opposite direction and get into more like artistic and curvy and, dis- and discovering <coughs> the blades. You know, so I mean, there's obviously like- Plaques you know, and stuff. Plaques and wall art. Like, you know, Duress always talks about how he got to start on the bandsaw cutting out kids' names, like letters yeah, and, and stuff. And he'd sell them in and, school, yeah. And the, the skill set you can develop by doing that, by making signs and, and wall art and stuff, and then also finding ways to incorporate that. Um, I, I think that's just as valuable as the classic make-a-box. Like, there are two different skill sets that are, mm-hmm. you're at an age where you can start learning both. Like, your dad needs to help you with the one jointing and, and straightening all the boards up for you to make the box you can cut the, the dovetails or the joints by hand and stuff but then the bandsaw if you know if your dad trusts you on the bandsaw and you've gone over all the safety just grab every piece of scrap what <laughs> you can find yeah. and start cutting shapes and seeing what you can find that you can put together to create 3d sculptures and 2d sculptures and you know hmm. you, you said the the plaques and that's exactly one of the things mm-hmm. i was going to say is because that's was that was my actual first project ever and uh, so you take a, a fence board, cut a small rectangle out of it, and glue your picture to it. You've now made a plaque. Now imagine just whatever your skill level is and whatever tools you have available, take that to whatever level next. So you can make it into a very intricate type you know, plaque with somebody's name in, uh, engraved into it to something. Um, picture frames, again, something that are in that intermediate, pretty kid-friendly uh, 
level. And then the last thing I would say is if your dad's got a lathe, pens are a great way to get introduced into uh, a machine that can be scary, but that you can you can uh, learn yeah. to master fairly quickly. Make some mm -hmm. pens on the lathe. It's fun. The kits are fun. Um, you can use all kinds of scrap material, reclaimed material for the for the bodies of it, and have at it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be wood. It can be different plastics, and you can make um, you know epoxy things on Peter Brown. Peter Brown, hello, Cheerios yeah. and epoxy. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Also, the scroll yeah. saw is a great tool for kids. Yeah, and, and scrolls and on the, the bandsaw. Saw. Yeah, scrolling. Yeah. Period. There's so many. Uh, yeah. Somebody just made recently. Uh, I think it was an alien. You know, the movie Alien. That creature. Mm -hmm. It was so in depth and so intricate it was like holy moly so yeah, yeah. yeah. you can do a lot with like intarsia and all kinds of stuff like that yeah. and you learn a lot about um negative space and yep. positive space and whatnot which are things that i mean we can all always learn about like scroll scrollers like they get it like if you take this little piece away it's going to make this piece look like this and it's like the opposite way of thinking than a lot of us already do mm -hmm. uh, so. and if you can develop those skills both the straight and curved and both the negative and the positive space you know you're gonna you're gonna crush it and Mateo, and have with that skill set, you might be mm. the next um, greatest tattoo artist. Uh, your your dad can thank me later. Yeah. I don't think his dad's going to thank you. But anyways, um, you know what, guys? <laughs> we have a whole bunch of questions left, but I think we are going to um, keep this party rolling next week. And uh, and we'll do episode 201 as the continuation of this Q&A. Um, I, yeah, I think we underestimated the amount of questions and how long uh, we all ramble on. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the the second part, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But anyways, um, all to say, thank you, uh, everyone who wrote in, and I guess now you have an opportunity if you didn't to write in because we'll have more uh, more time to uh, to read out questions next week. This may so. just turn into the answer questions podcast. Pod it might just be the next five or six episodes because yeah. I'm looking at the list that we still have here. And yeah. If I if I know you know me, <laughs> which we do, we yeah, we know a couple, you. A couple yeah. of these questions could take a while. <laughs> yeah, we could also turn it into a segment if it really develops into something big. Anyways, all to say, uh, two hundred episodes, like mind blowing. I never thought it would turn into something this big. That's a lie. I knew it would be this huge. I knew it. I had a, I had a good feeling about it. I, I just I can't count that high. So I'm pretty sure this is a lot, right? Two hundred, big, yeah. big, huge. 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 Um, biggest, biggest podcast ever. Ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to do our usual sign-off because we're out of time. But again, thank you so much and have an amazing week. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Yes, be good. <laughs>